If you want more from us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Total Reboot and subscribe to our new spin-off podcast, Total Reboot Riffs, for just five bucks a month. You also get access to a super secret Facebook chat group, which is so fun. I wish I wish we always had it. It's so fun to hang out with all you guys on Facebook. I want more of you guys in there, so if you want to hang out with us, you have to pay. <laughs> 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 so cough up, dirtbags. <laughs> <laughs> That's patreon.com slash total reboot. Hey, what's up? It's Thomas Nicholas, uh, also known as Kevin from American Pie. And when I'm not going the growl, which I think is better known as the tongue tornado, I'm listening to the total reboot with Cam and Alexi. jungle babies today we are not delving into the literal jungle today we are delving into the jungle of the mind the jungle of america and the jungle of the soviet union and cameron james let me just say this is a real rumble in the jungle it's a rumble in the freaking jungle it's a boxing movie that we're talking about today. And who the frick are you, first of all? Who the frick am I? I'm Alexi Toliopoulos, one of the hosts of Total Reboot. Oh, With Cameron course. James and Alexi Toliopoulos. And who the frick are you? Well, uh, charmed, I'm sure. I'm actually uh, Cameron <laughs> James, <laughs> the the other host of uh, the titular uh, Total Reboot podcast. Uh, we have met, of course, many times. Many, many times before. We have podcasted many, many times before. We certainly have. And this is a, this is a podcast... It's a podcast unlike other podcasts. You know, when you think of podcasts, first of all, you think about ch- you think about interviews. You think about chats. You think about true crime. Those are the main genres of podcasts. But when you think about podcasts, one thing you don't normally think about yeah. is two dudes chatting mm-hmm. flicks. That's right. So we have sort of taken the traditional podcast format, uh, two mics, two bros, and we've added cinema to the mix. And yeah. what we've decided to do is, you know, use this platform to talk about films. And something that's really fascinating about film in this day and age that we call home is (laughs) that we're constantly looking at the past and trying to reinvent, reimagine, and reboot things. And that's why we came with the name Total Reboot for a podcast, because we (laughs) compare and contrast (laughs) original films with their reboots, remakes, and rip-offs. That's right, Alexi. That is something that we do. And uh, and earlier when I said Jungle Babies, that's it's, it's an in-joke. It's an in-joke because one of the first episodes that we did, like you may be listening to this and thinking because of the way we're introducing this show, this is the first one we've ever done. No, no, no we've actually done many episodes. Yeah, this is in the like 35s <laughs> right yeah, now. You're this... in the mid-30s, you know, yeah. you're like settling down. But exactly. also still having fun. But still having fun, but every now and then you have to refresh it. Yeah, You know, go on a break like Rush and Rachel. Russia Rachel. Russia Rachel. Russia Rachel style. <laughs> but this week we are delving further back. This is almost a, a total reboot for us this episode. In many ways it is, Alexi. And uh, I'll tell you why. Because we've actually already reviewed this movie on our now defunct cinema podcast, 
The Blank Slate Movie Podcast. Which was the original, the progenerator of all film podcasts that have ever been recorded. We're talking about one of our most classic movies that we've ever reviewed together. We're talking mm. about Rocky Four, mm. And this is because Creed 2 is coming out. And of course, Creed is kind of the revamped, rebooted Rocky film franchise. Mm-hmm. And Creed 2 is almost a direct sequel to Rocky Four. It's a, Yeah, it is. It's a direct sequel to Rocky Four and a direct sequel to Creed 2. I mean, the timelines are really fucking my head up. It's crazy. You just think about it. This this movie is a sequel to a few other Because I think movies. about this. I go, okay, it's called Creed 2. Yeah. So, it's a sequel to Creed Creed 1, which came yes. out a few years ago. And also but, but mainly known as Creed. Mainly known as Creed. But then there's... It's also... There are ties and links to the movie Rocky Four, which came out many years earlier. So, okay. so, carry the two, carry the, the Creed Rocky Two, two and it's two. called Creed Two, and it's okay. really interesting stuff. So, it's a bit of a math joke the way they've come up with this movie title. Bit yeah, of a math joke. Its original title, I think, uh, was Carry the Creed Two. Yeah, and at one point they almost <laughs> called it Rocky Four Two, which is great as well. Because yeah. Four Two, put Chuck and O on the end. And I'm oh, dazed oh, out. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay, so that's a weed joke. Yeah, so one of the best types of humour is math humour, carry the two humour. Yeah, that's what AKA. Stuff. But then if you chuck it, weed humour is phenomenally popular these days. You've it's got so funny, funny weed comedians like uh, David Chappelle yeah, and uh, Jonathan Hill and stuff like Jonah that. Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonathan Hill. <laughs> Sure for Jonathan. Yeah, Pineapple Express. Oh my stuff, god, that know. is an exquisite film. It's just funny stuff because <laughs> the joke is that uh, these people are high. I know, and they can't even they can barely function, but they manage to get by. Yeah, they, it, it is a funny, funny premise for a film to be high and trying to live through life. Very, very brilliant stuff from a lot of directors out there and comedians. <laughs> but today we're talking about Rocky for many, many reasons we're covering it. Mm. Of course, Creed 2 is coming out, like yep. we were just saying, for 40 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are the other reasons? We got, uh, well, we had some news that we, uh, have we announced it yet? I don't think we have said this on the on the big podcast. This is the first time that we've decided to put this on the mainstream podcast channel on the mainline podcast channel but we have been commissioned a commission the right word commissioned think of uh commissioner gordon yeah take the word gordon out entirely (laughs) and change the end of the word commissioner to an ed and Uh it's commissioned yes we based on our old podcast the blank slate movie podcast episode about rocky Uh four which was a phenomenal success back in the day when we did it 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 was an exquisite episode it went Viral. It went viral, baby, because we're talking <laughs> about Rocky. He's quite a viral man. But we're we, talking about it, and in the in that original episode, I revealed a mystery about a strange book called Drago on Mountains We Stand that is based on the later years of Ivan Drago's life from Rocky IV. Mm-hmm. And it was an episode that connected with a lot of people. People thought that we had jumped from cinema podcasts to the genre of true crime a la True Detective. And Serial, another great podcast mm-hmm. here True on the Detective same network is my favorite. as us. <laughs> we are on the same network as True Detective, the podcast. Yeah, so. uh, uh, but we've so been... we that episode uh, got a little bit of success three years down the line. I'm going to fast forward a little mm-hmm. bit here. We are now being commissioned to make a full limited series run 
that explores the mystery we uncovered in that Blank Slate episode. The episode featured Alexi uh, finding this bizarre bit of fan fiction and trying to track down the author. We are now making a six-episode series Uh in which Alexi does exactly that. And guess who's along for the ride? Me. <laughs> and? and also me, old bugger logs over here. Yeah. I, I come along for the ride. I'm riffing, I'm ramming, I'm jimming, I'm jamming. Yeah, we have switched genres once again. We've done a classic switch up. And uh, yeah, it'll be coming soon. It's called Finding Drago. And it'll be on the ABC podcast network. ABC always stands for always be, be closing. Casting. Your door. Your car door and flipping on a podcast while you're driving around. Please. So we uh, we had some ABC podcast and uh, six apps, and we hope you like it. Uh-huh. And seeing as it's all about Rocky Four, we thought, hm, let's put that movie on again. Let's take a little step back to the jungle, baby. And let's get into that rumble that is happening there. Drago is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. Whatever he hits, he destroys. He could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. I'll never forget you, Paul. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. Has the fight date been set yet? December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Rocky IV, 1985. Well, the big old hunk of meat is back again. Rock sliced alone himself is back in the ring, humping around and mucking around, throwing swings left, right and center. This guy has it all. Wife. Friend, son, <laughs> robot. Brother-in-law fucking robot. Brother-in-law fucking said robot. Black Lamborghini Countach. <laughs> but the one thing he doesn't have is, you guess it, Apollo Creed. He dies. <laughs> so Rock has to fight his way through to the Soviet Russian state. Mm-hmm. Behind the Iron Curtain and prove once and for all. That America is still the greatest nuclear superpower <laughs> to ever control land and trade. And the world. In the world. At large. Uh, that's a synopsis that you can't find on Letterboxd. This one was provided by you. I made it up myself with my eyes closed. On the sly, baby. <laughs> but that's pretty close to it's the It's pretty close, yeah. yeah. So this is Rocky Four, 1985, directed by Sylvester Stallone. Oh. Starring Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. and presumably had a hand in writing the whole thing as well. <laughs> Maybe a fist. Now that is funny. That's sort of the style that now, I like to do. That yeah. is fucking good. That's sort of the yeah. That's the vibe I like to throw around. You know, a bit of pun humor. And stuff yeah, like that, yeah, God, pun, more like punch. Now that's funny. Yes, I that's think so. Very rich. <laughs> it's rich in subtext, considering the movie that we are reviewing today, which is about boxing. About boxing that features punching. Yeah, and kicking. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think you're thinking of kickboxing. Ah, uh, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I watched it just now with you. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, obviously, this is a sequel mm-hmm. 
Mm. Usually we start at the beginning of all things, but we're starting on Rocky Four. Maybe we should give a little recap of what the franchise of Rocky is. All right, Alexi, tell me, what's the first one called? The first one is called Rocky. When did it come out? 1976. Directed by? John G. Advilson. Written by? Sylvester Stallone. What's it about? It's about a down-on-his-luck amateur boxer kicking and mucking around in Philadelphia working for the mafia as an enforcer. Unbelievable. Yes, and the guy is dumb as a bag of shit. (laughs) (laughs) But he is lovable, sweet and kind. And he has the hots for a little chick called Yo Adrian. (laughs) And eventually he convinces her to fall in love with him. But along the way... It is mainly a nuanced love story mm-hmm. about an idiot and a shy woman falling yeah, in love. It is. And actually. her disgusting idiot brother as well, who's mm. played by the beautifully disgusting scrotum of a man. <laughs> What's his What's name? Bert something? Bert, Bert Young. Young. Bert Young. Which is bizarre to me because he looks old. <laughs> he looks... Well, he does look like a baby that was born I mean, of Benjamin Button when disease. I, <laughs> when I hear the name Bert Young and then mm-hmm. I look at his face, I think... First of all, he looks more like an Ernie to yes, me. Yes, yes, definitely. He's got a rounder head, you know, and also the guy looks old. The guy looks freaking old. The guy looks like a chestnut infected with cancer of some kind. The guy looks like an avocado had sex with another avocado. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. And accurate. He actually is <laughs> someone that looks like an avocado fucked another avocado. That's wild stuff. Okay, so uh, in that movie, Rocky, of course, uh, is challenges the world, uh, world heavyweight champion for an exhibition yep. fight. Or the world heavyweight champion challenges him, rather. Yes, played by the wonderful Carl Weathers. And, and that is a strange name for a man as well, <laughs> because he is a guy that looks like a Carl, for sure. Absolutely, he's Carl. But he's he Carl. doesn't look weathered at all He actually at this looks point. like he's in the prime of his life. The guy looks like a He should have been called Carl Prime. <laughs> yeah, he looks definitely exactly Carl like that. Carl Gorgeous. Yeah, Carl, the most beautiful man to have ever lived. Yeah. And also wonderful actor to boot. Great actor. That's a long name, but I think it could work (laughs) if you're reading it out loud. Now, uh, Rocky does not win this fight. No. But he does win the hearts of America. And Philadelphia. Yeah. City of love. Brotherly love. Yeah. Rocky 2, what's that about? Same thing, except he wins at the end. Okay. Rocky 3? Rocky three. This time he versus Mr. T. Ah. He gets trained by Apollo Creed himself. So he's getting uh, trained yep. by Apollo Creed, and they are finding friendship along the way. And he has to beat Mr. T. He has to beat Mr. T, playing Clubber Lang. Does he beat him? He does indeed beat him. And at the end of that movie, Rocky is the most famous. Yes. Heavyweight world champion. He becomes a freaking billionaire. He's so a billionaire. This, what I find fascinating about this franchise, and this is something that you and I have talked about quite a bit, because we always talk Rocky. We're always talking Rock. We're always talking Rock. We're talking Key and Peel and Rocky <laughs> and all of it together. But we, uh, we're we fascinated by Rocky Four particularly because it has since become the linchpin of the entire franchise. And it makes no sense because... The last movie ended with Rocky as a champion, so yep. why do we need to keep seeing the further adventures of this billionaire yeah. famous boxer? We don't need to. The movie is crazy, yes. but it should have just been a forgotten thing, but I think it's hung around, and the reason that it's kind of living on now through Creed Two is because it's undoubtedly a political movie, Yeah, and we are now living again in political times. 
Yes. We there had was a, few a big pro- chunk of time there where nothing was political. And that's when they got to make fun movies like Pineapple Express, Your Highness, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Weed sort of stuff. Weed took over politics for a while. Yeah. And the weed was more popular than politics, but now it is hard to deny that politics is far more popular and all-encompassing than weed politics could ever be. Politics is cooler than weed again. Um, weed finally is lame again. Yeah, thank, thank goodness. God. Thank yeah. God. I used to get bloody blitzed out of my head. Me too. I would actually roll up a big... Fat tub of uh, tub of tub weed. Of weed. <laughs> yeah, I just really go to town on it, and just really spend all afternoon munching on it and smoking it up. And yeah, stuff. and injecting and all that yeah. kind. Of really going for it. But now we, now I'm switched on. I'm reading politics and stuff like yeah. that, and just like you know, seeing what's going on with you know what's going on in this country, which is Australia, yeah, and then other countries such as America and Malta, and you know, all around the globe and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's been really, really wonderful to get back into that and get off the hard shit. Yeah, finally, finally, <laughs> uh, I put down the green stuff. I'm picking up the you the know, red the, stuff. the leaflets. You know the the literature. You know, yeah, I'm learning about uh, left, right, center. What center, is all this stuff okay. Me? This is all interesting stuff to me. Yeah, it's interesting. And this is the first fi- political film ever made. <laughs> was Rocky Four was one of the first political films ever yeah. made. Uh, but it is it's often given the credit of the film that ended the Cold War. Yeah. Uh, with a punch from Sly and a speech to follow it. A lot of people think, uh, when they think of the Cold War ending, they think of uh, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Mm-hmm. They think of um, David Hasselhoff. Yeah, singing. Singing, waving a flag. You know. Yeah, whatever, we're going to leather jacket or some the, shit. Whatever that, what that guy's doing, doing yeah. yeah. That jabroni. That freaking guy. But what, really, what it really was, was Sly Stallone's nuanced script mm-hmm. about America versus Russia, about yep. man versus machine about nature versus technology hey, Ver- about red and white versus star and sickle uh-huh stars spangled banner versus anthem of the ussr <laughs> but it's also about the individual versus the collective thank you which is really what this movie is about and i think this movie is so fascinating i think this what this does and where we chart this as a franchise at this point is Rocky 1, we're seeing a guy, this little grub that lives on the street, basically. You know, this guy, he's, he's the, a little, he's a jabroni. He is the classic underdog in cinema, is mm. Rocky. The guy mm. is a jabroni, as one might call him. He's an absolute jabroni. He's a jabroni, for sure. <laughs> and then he, uh, he keeps going, his life keeps getting richer and he changes, more powerful. He changes. He's a, yeah, in, into, yeah, he's a jabron, but you put a bit of sauce on him and yes. he's, he cleans up. You think right. jabron is a type of food or something? <laughs> <laughs> you think it's like an Italian hot dog or three, something like that? Wait, number three, I mean, yeah, this, this jabron is, uh, you know, I'm cooked in the oven and sort of, it's a little You melt a little cheese on this jabron. <laughs> But, you know, it's you see... you. I think what's fascinating about this franchise, especially this film as the linchpin of it all, you are seeing a man start as a dog as a, or mm. as an underdog mm. and then grow to become an Top American dog. symbol. Mm, and I think that's right. what's fascinating about this is that mm. this movie, this, this franchise starts as something so small and so nuanced and so wonderfully real and naturalistic. Yeah. And then it comes to a point where... It is no longer about that. This is a film that is all about symbolism. It's symbols. You know, in the first one, Rocky, 
Rocco, you know, he's a, he's a slice of pizza pie. By this one, he's he's an American pie. He's an American he's pie. He's an American apple pie cooling on the windowsill exactly. of democracy. Yes. And um, when we say windowsill, we're not talking about Silvio Dante <laughs> sitting on a bed, on a little window pane. We are talking about a windowsill where a pie would sit, which is classic Americana. Yeah. And this film is classic Americana at this point, I would Definitely. say. It it's, is an American is it, movie. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. You have to answer honestly. Yes. Is it a good movie? I I definitely think this is a good movie. It's one of those movies that is so far out and strange, especially when you keep thinking. I always, it's always you have to compare it to that original film. Yeah. Because that original film is a masterpiece. It's 1976, it won Best Picture. And I, I when I was a kid getting into cinema, I thought that it didn't deserve it because I saw it. I always thought of Rocky as a bit silly, but mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. But then you think of because it beat out Taxi Driver, beat out All the President's mm-hmm. Men, Network, which were at the time my favorite movies. But then you watch that film, you'll go, no, it's such a fucking beautiful human story. It is so wonderfully done. But then you see it transform. And I think what this movie does by being so symbolic, it captures the change of a man who becomes an American symbol very Mm -hmm. well. You look at the life of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali became a representation for all Americans around Mm -hmm. the world, really. Mm -hmm. And and I think that this taps into something like that, where you no longer are just a man. You become America. You become the man. And I think that only really happens in sport. And I think Rocky as being the... I mean, it's the most iconic sports film franchise. I mean, next this side to, of Air Bud. Yeah, or like Blades of Glory, if that yeah. ever had a sequel. Oh, God, I think it had a few. I'd love those. Yeah, uh, it's odd one. I don't know if I think it's a good movie. I think it's... Um, weirdly, it has stuck with me mm. a lot. I think it's incredibly fun. Um, but as we mentioned three years ago when we reviewed this, there's nothing to this movie. It's mm. it It's... Like, 80 minutes long, there's three full-length five-minute songs in it. Yes. There's three five-minute montages in it. Yep. And the movie starts with the final few minutes of the film before Probably it. Probably the last 13 minutes of Rocky Three is yep. how this movie begins. <clears throat> and it has a big flashback in the middle that shows a highlights reel from Rocky 1, 2, and 3. And Rocky Four. It also covers the first part of the movie. <laughs> it does, too. <laughs> it really so- does. So... There's really, ultimately, there's about 45 minutes of film in this. Yes. And then the rest is very clever editing. I don't know if that... that, uh, On official grounds, I'm sorry, it's not a good movie. But it stays with you, and I don't really know why. I think it's because it's going bold. It's a big move to go, let's take this sports drama and make it a political allegory. Mm. And... uh, I don't know. Sly like very, very closely pulls it off. Nearly does. And I think I think Sly Stallone does not get enough credit as a director. People give him a lot of credit as an actor. People give him a lot of credit as a writer. Mm. I mean, not even enough to my standard. I would say he deserves more credit as those things because I think he's a great writer and a wonderful actor Mm. in the movies that he cares about. He's and he cares about this franchise a lot. And I think his performance is magnificent in all of these films. He's always doing something new or something different. This one is probably his least his least naturalistic performance. Well, it's not a very... He doesn't give himself a lot to do in this movie. Yeah. All the side characters are the interesting ones. Yeah. For the first 25 minutes of the movie, Apollo is... It's the side of Apollo mm. we hadn't seen in a while. He's like... 
he's cocky and arrogant, but in a <clears throat> not in a charming mm. way. It's like he he wants to prove that he's still the best. He hates that he's aging. And Rocky spends the whole first twenty five of the movie going like, "Hey, come on, we're a, yeah. we're a couple old jabronis. Let's just relax. Why don't we just sit together on a pan for a little sauce on top of us, a little cheese, and a we just gravy. grow a little a couple melted of gra- together, jabronis yeah. and gravy, you know, and chill out together. I love you, bro." Mm. And Paul is like, "You shut the fuck up, you marble mouthed yes. motherfucker. I want to, I want to be number one again." And it's like, so all Rocky gets to do is react to this exciting mm. character. And then the second half of the movie, it's exactly the same. It's Rocky reacting to Ivan Drake yeah. as an unstoppable villain. He really does make himself not the protagonist of this film. Like he, he Apollo is the protagonist of the first half of this film. Yeah, it is about him wanting to come back and wanting to be big again. He realizes that he is the real life. Muhammad Ali for this film this film world mm. and he realized that he is America he mm. has to verse this this machine man from the Soviet Union he mm. has to come up against him and I think that's why we see him making all the choices we're seeing him make all those choices whereas Rocky is kind of a passive he's totally protagonist. passive he's he passive just gets told what to do for the first half of this movie and uh, it's it's I like that they went there mm. I, mean, I like that they made it a bit of an odd story yep. it's like a sh- it's like a short film it's or yeah. like a a book or something like the first half of the movie is told from apollo's perspective and the rest is from rocky's i think yeah. that's kind of cool it's like psycho there's very few yeah. movies that have that psycho mold but this is almost one of them and i've yeah. never i've never, I've never realized that, that before yeah it's really strange but um <clears throat> i think the reason sly possibly didn't give himself a hell of a lot to do in this movie is because physically He's in the best shape he's ever been mm. in his entire life. He looks insane. He looks inhuman. Yeah. He like, is so muscly in this. You look at him and you and like there's muscles where you didn't even know there, mm. mu- there was muscle tissue. And he has like absolutely 0% body 0%. fat. 0%. I reckon he would have been spending all of his time working out, eating eggs... Mm. Eating chicken. That's and it. And laying off the freaking jabronis for once <laughs> in your goddamn life. But yeah. I, you look at... The, I think it's between this and Rocky Three. It's those two movies where he fully transforms into no longer human with his body. It's insane. It's beautiful. It I almost mean, he feels looks like how could he have the energy to be a director and an actor while at the same time yeah. he's clearly working out for, you know, like six hours mm. a day. I believe in this, he literally only ate eggs and rice. It's like something like that. Oh, my God. Between, between these two movies. I looked it up ages ago. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But he, he changed his diet drastically to be, in, to, to be in this pig form for these films. It's terrifying. It's terrifying, and it's worth it. It's mm. up there on screen. He'll look like that forever on this film. I almost feel like he should have had another director come in and mm. take over. Because so much energy would be going into mm. shooting this film. And shooting the fights, why not let someone else step in and go, I'll take charge of that and you just focus on being the muscliest man that's ever lived. Yeah, but I guess that's... Mm. I, for me, I think Sly is a great director. Mm. I think that what he does and captures more than anyone else on this franchise apart from... I mean, there hasn't been any other directors apart from John G. Avelson and uh, Ryan Coogler and now whoever is directing... Mm. Creed 2 I can't remember their name off my head because we're going to go see it in a few hours time mm-hmm. uh, but what Sly does is he is such a brilliant emotional director 
I think he understands the emotional roller coaster that a film should be, the emotional arc of a film, and how to tap into an audience on the most base level like that. And that's through editing. I think no other director has a grasp on emotional editing like Sly. It's like Sly and like Eisenstein with like, you know, <laughs> with like Battleship yeah. and Temkin, yeah. where it is all about the edit like that. And it's to create drama and tension and emotion. And I like I'm saying that honestly, I've studied film for so long and I'm saying that this absolutely earnestly. I think Sly is one of the best emotional directors I have ever lived and he needs more credit for it. And I wow. think I honestly truly believe that and I think it is all in the edit of his films. That's because huge. it just they have this really engaging pace. And I think even a film like this where you have like literally a, a, the, one of the most literal dark night of the soul moments in any film which is that turning point where it seems like there's no way out mm. and then the song is literally called No Easy Way Out like it's all very base level emotions and it's just a highlight reel of him reminiscing about his life leading mm. up to that point driving his black Lamborghini Countach like it's <laughs> I think that is really primal filmmaking that he mm. that he captures I think you're right I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so, so scared when you started that sentence, but I think you might have tapped into something there. Yeah. Well, I know. I compared Sly to Sergei Eisenstein, uh, <laughs> but I truly believe it. Let's talk about where this film goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I got, uh, I got yeah. one word for <laughs> okay. you. The word is robot. Uh-huh. I got a few words for you. Happy birthday, Polly. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. There is literally a semi-sentient robot in this film. Yeah. Rocky is so rich that he's bought his brother-in-law, played by the fabulous actor, Scrotum Oldman. (laughs) Bert Young. (laughs) Bert Young is his real name. Who, uh, yeah, Rocky buys him for his birthday uh, a semi-sentient robot slave maid. Robot butler. Butler. It's a butler. But uh, Paulie then... um, hijacks the mainframe and gives it a female voice and makes it love him, I guess? Yes. It is bizarre. Because it's just... The the way that this robot is introduced is that he's is in the darkness of a room for mm. Paulie's birthday. He is, like, eating crap and has got crumbs all over him and has a giant cigar and he's waiting for his birthday cake. They bring him birthday cake that has his... His ugly His face, face and, <laughs> a and a cigar on it as well. Yep. It's perfectly formed like him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually just one of those erotic cakes that's a giant, <laughs> giant testicle. <laughs> giant ball bag. <laughs> yeah. But then mm. uh, the, the famous lines, happy birthday, Paulie, are uttered by a robot. The music becomes science fiction music. Yeah, it's like... Weird freaky synth shit. Yeah. And the lighting is so dark apart from torchlight coming from the (laughs) from the robot's eyes eyes (laughs) and candles. It's you're watching, you're like, what am I watching? This is is this is worlds away from the first rock from that the I streets saw. of Philadelphia of a guy climbing up the the Museum of Art steps to triumph the world. Cut to a few scenes later, and we're back in the same you know Balboa mm-hmm. McMansion where the robot enters again. This time, blaring some pop song that yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And it this feels is during like a pop song that never existed. It exists early in this film. <laughs> yeah. The only way you can listen to it is if you play this scene <laughs> in the movie. And the robot brings Paulie a beer and talks to him in a sexy, sexy. woman's voice. Very sexy Hello, woman's Paulie, voice. Hello, Paulie. I bought you a beer. 
and he goes, hey, thanks, baby, or something like that. Yeah. And then he implies to Apollo and Rocky that he is fucking the robot. Because they said, Rocky is like, oh, you change your voice. And he goes, yeah, she, she loves, loves me. me. So it's implied that... Paulie, a guy who literally has no qualifications of engineering, <laughs> the guy is the biggest—he's the biggest schmuck schlub in yeah. film history. He's a schmo. The guy's a schmo. Can I throw a word at you, jabroni? The guy's a scroat. <laughs> the guy is a straight-up scroat. He's got nothing, no education. No. The guy had to be inspired by love and horniness to be able to change the settings on this incredibly complex design of a robot. From 1985. And the robot, by the way, was a real thing. Yeah, the robot was a real thing that Sly fell in love with. And once he's like, I gotta put that in my movie. Because it was a, a robot designed to coach children with autism. Is I that believe correct? that's true. And Sly's kid has autism. And so he bought one and then was like, I'm putting in the movie. I'm gonna fuck a, probably gonna fuck a robot. <laughs> I want my brother in law to fuck a fucking robot. <laughs> Do you know the comedian Will Sylvince from America? Yeah, of course. He um, was a computer scientist or engineer or something when he was younger, and he worked for the company that made that robot. Wow, Seiko. Yeah, and that robot was like a big source of pride in the company. Of course. I mean, it's in one of the most iconic movies. (laughs) 20 years later. 20 years later. It was still a big source of pride for them. Far out. I mean, it looks cool, but it's freaky and it's weird that it's in this movie. It's creepy, as Paulie says when yeah. he first lays eyes upon his... Before he fucks it. ...soon to be wife. <laughs> He's so mad. But also, when that robot comes in again, you don't see it until at all in the rest of the movie after that nah, point. No because way. they go over to Russia. But at that point is like a key point in the film where Apollo is fired up. He comes to Rocky telling him that he wants him to coach him to go against Ivan Drago. Yeah. And then he is distracted by this guy, buttergly fucking Martian, who's <laughs> fucking a robot. Mm, yeah. It's such a bizarre choice to be in a movie. It's really... It feels like it's out of touch. Totally. And it's dated, and it's really odd. It's very odd. But to me, that's the kind of... the cheesiness that comes into the Rocky franchise around 3 and 4 that I think give it a bit of a second life yeah. that has something that has some irony to it as well, mm. some ironic enjoyment to it. That's true. But also just a, it like captures a moment in time that doesn't exist. And also, uh, let me tell you about another favourite bit of mine. Maybe it's the second most iconic image of this film is the Rocky training montage um Maybe I need to spoil a little bit of plot mm-hmm. here for you, but Apollo fights Ivan Drago mm-hmm. and loses. And yes. boy, does he lose. It, you said it was one of the most humiliating defeats ever in a film. Ever shown on screen. Apollo is in full Apollo mode. He enters the ring from above with a big uh, mm-hmm. like bull behind him, like the Wall Street bull or it's something. Bigger, it's like the size of a fucking building. And James Brown with full band and dancers are playing the song Living in America. Uh, Apollo is dancing around with James Brown. Mm-hmm. He keeps pointing in Ivan's face and, and laughing Ivan, at him. And Ivan, of course, who is rising from the ground mm. with no fanfare at all. Also, Apollo is dressed as Uncle Sam, of course. As Classic. a star-spangled banner himself. And then uh, they fight and Ivan Drago beats him. Yep. And not only does he beat him, he kills him. He full-on kills him. It's one of the most... It's a horrifying death. He punches him so hard that his brain, like, disconnects from the spinal cord. Yeah. And he dies. 
and fun then of everyone. A Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain <laughs> as a disconnected brain, <laughs> and uh, and then like from that point on, we realize that the villain of this movie is not Ivan Drago; it is Russia himself. Yeah. Himself, yeah, not Mother Russia. <laughs> Faja Russia. Faja Russia. So, Rocky agrees to fight Ivan in a second exhibition match in mm-hmm. order to prove, again, that America is better than Russia and yeah. also because of revenge reasons. Yeah. It, but is it weird? Is it revenge? Because it doesn't feel like the motivation for revenge. Because like you were saying while we were watching the film. He doesn't want to kill him. He doesn't want to kill him. He doesn't want to kill him. He just wants to show him that he shouldn't have fucked with his friend, I guess. Yeah. I don't really know. It's very unclear. But we get a beautiful moment out of it, which is Rocky's training montage yeah. when he's getting ready for the fight, which I think is up there with Eisenstein stuff. I really do. I think <laughs> the montages in this film are up there with Eisenstein stuff. I think the one of the him driving Lamborghini Countach is not anywhere near as good as this. No, but this one is incredible. It's it's a classic. It sums up the movie in four minutes. They could have got rid of everything yeah. else and just put this in. It's... Rocky goes to the snow to yep. train for the fight. In Russia. In, in Russia, Siberia. In Siberia somewhere. Ivan goes to a special technological He goes to laden. a black box theatre. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to a black box theatre with all technology. Show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this lab. It's like an underground lab that's yep. designed to make people stronger. Um, so, we're getting intercut footage of Rocky like running with logs on his back, yep. climbing up hills, doing weird fucking... Upside down crunches, lifting rocks and shit like that. Inter- pulling trains. Pulling trains. Intercut with Ivan Drago using, like, having fucking yep. wires all over his body and, like, training his muscles to grow yep. in certain ways using the advanced technology machinery that tracks his movements yeah. and the amount of pounds that he punches. And he has no trainer. I think that's one of the key yeah. differences. He has no it's a trainer. team of people that are all just like growing him. They're all like politicians and scientists and his wife and yeah. stuff like that. And that sums up for me, I think, what the movie is and what America thought of the Soviet yeah. at that time, which is that they are like a faceless robotic yeah. group of people, whereas America is scrappy and... About friendship and... About the individual. Yeah, the individual. And the individuals helping each other, which I think is... It is... I mean, it is an American message, but it also, it's like... It is seeing this weird corporatization of what communism is Mm. and like what it is... I mean, obviously, communism did not succeed in Russia. It's Mm. not been... It might not have been... I don't know how to politically say this, but, you know, it was not a success for the people of Russia. It was a success for those in power, perhaps, Mm -hmm. but I think that it... The idea that Karl Marx has had been changed by the people in power in the Soviet Union. And I think this film just tries to distill that idea into a very... Very neat thing by comp- having it have more more in common with the symbolism that we associate with fascism and Nazism mm. by having uh, Dolph Lundgren, who is one of the most gorgeous men that have ever lived, this giant of a man mm-hmm. who has the most perfect body and jawline and mm-hmm. just is... He's a stunning Aryan Adonis. Yeah. And then all of the other people that work for him, just the way that they're all uniformed, it mo- feels more fascistic and the way that it is mm-hmm. portrayed as, you know, the it, it, portrayed as an evil to America rather than the Soviet Union itself. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty fucking bizarre that this movie went that bold. Mm. 
And I think maybe that's why it's it's stuck with me more yeah. than two and three. Because why it's it, stuck around. It tried to make a point mm-hmm. and it was a little bit ham-fisted in the point that it made, but at least it went for it. Yeah. You know? I mean, the movie ends with Rocky beating Ivan Drago in a pretty fair match. They're both meeting each other match for match. Yeah. Rocky wins and then he gets to make this speech to thousands of Russians about how if him and Ivan Drago can find some level of peace or mm. change, then surely America and Russia can also find it as well. Yep. And the crowd goes crazy, and then it ends on a freeze frame of Rocky holding the American flag. It's it's like not subtle at all. It's just saying, hey, look, I, I'm a fucking jabron. Yeah. I'm a jabron from Philly, and... I'm going to stop the Cold War. Yeah, I'm going to knock it out <laughs> and I want to bring peace to our nation. Yeah, it's not even about winning. It's just about we're all the same, right? Yeah. We're all just jabronis. And I think that's why I like Rocky so much as a film and as a franchise as a whole. Mm. Because I think it is it is this unified. It is all about the positive positivity. And it mm. is that movie about the American dream where it's like you can go from being a a piece of shit like Rocky, like a dumb guy, no education, yeah. who can go on to becoming a guy who owns a robot just for his brother-in-law, like that rich. <laughs> and then he can lose it all and still be a positive person in his community and yep. still be a hero, still be mm. an American hero, no matter what his status in society is backed by money or not. Yeah. He just becomes a restaurateur serving jabronis to other jabronis in Philadelphia. <laughs> that's what happens to Rocky. That's his, that's his fate. Yeah. Um, what do you think we're going to see in Creed 2? We're about to go see it. Yeah, we are. We know it's uh, it's technically called Creed Carry the Two. It's a Rocky yep. 4 sequel. Yep, Rocky 4 sequel Creed 2. We know Dolph Lundgren is in it. Dolph Lundgren returns. As Ivan Drago. We know that Ivan Drago's son is in it. That's who Adonis Creed is fighting, yep. who is the son of Apollo Creed. It's the two sons coming together to avenge their fathers. What do you think we're going to see? Because Rocky Four went for this bold Cold War sort of allegory. We're now, I guess, in another semi-Cold War, yep. but it, it almost feels as if um, the United States and Russia are both holding each other hostage in a strange way. Do you think we're going to get another war allegory? Is that why they've decided to bring back this character, this setting, or is it going to be is it going to be a sports drama? Is it going to be completely different tonally? What I do don't you think? know. I think what you're saying is very interesting because I think it's like the it's it's everything has bubbled up very appropriately for a film like this to come back mm. out again. We had a wonderful legacy sequel, maybe the best legacy sequel that has been made in this crop of films, mm-hmm. living off the energy of older films in Creed. And then to continue that story of the Creed lineage and the Rocky lineage by bringing it back into the Drago lineage makes sense in a story world alone. But then to have a similar relationship with Russia that the Western and American world had back then happening right now. Mm. It's just like perfectly, it's a perfect confluence of events that have led to this. Mm-hmm. And it makes me question how much it will be. Cause I, th- I mean, in 1985, it's so bold for some, for them to have made a movie like this, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's so the fourth bold. sequel in a sports drama franchise. And they turned it political. And they made it... It's it's sly gone political. Yeah. Watch out. And then I can't imagine that in today's world, 
we would have a franchise bold enough to do that. Mm. And I have a lot of love for the Rocky franchise. I think Creed is a brilliant film. That is, I think it's a great film. And then after watching six Rocky films before it, it becomes a masterpiece. And I think that even having said all that praise, I think that it's not bold enough to go there with yeah, this. Yeah, I wonder as well. I wonder if we're going to get a less politically engaged movie and one that maybe is just fan service. Mm. I really I really don't know. I guess we're going to find out. But yeah. my fingers are crossed hoping that it is going to be engaging with the world as in the same way that Rocky Four did. Yeah. And maybe it'll be more subtle and interesting than like, you know, fucking Adonis... Yeah. Solves the fucking Russia-America problem. Maybe it will be. I'm not sure. I, we'll, we'll find out very soon. And you guys will find out very soon as well. I think that this is a franchise worth supporting no matter mm. no matter what. It's the franchise of the American dream. And even us as Aussies over here, I think it... I don't know. I'm always fascinated by this franchise. So much so that we've dedicated so much of our time recently to... Yeah. Once again, living back in this world. I feel like we've been talking about Rocky for a lot over the last couple of weeks when we've mm-hmm. been recording this other project. Yeah. And we'll be talking about a lot more over the next few weeks yes. as well. Uh, I'm really excited for Creed 2. I can't me, wait. Me too. I'm going to get a big buck of popcorn. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going to cut buck. a hole in it. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to put a little jabroni through that hole, which <laughs> which I believe is an Italian hot dog. <laughs> Popping it through there so I can eat them together. If anyone knows what a jabroni is, don't tell us because I don't want to know. We don't want to ruin the mystery. But for, in my head, yeah, it's a little sausage thing. And if you are into mystery, that's what this podcast is coming out mm. very soon is all about. It's called Finding Drago. It is a search that Cameron and I are on, an investigative documentary about a strange book called Drago on Mount We Stand by an Australian author called Todd Noy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll be hearing about that more very, very soon. And I can't wait for you guys to hear. We put a lot of work into this. Yeah. So I think it's something very special for us. It certainly is. Um, talk to us more online on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at I am Cameron James. And I'm you are. at This Is Alexi. Uh, email us. Like us on Facebook, talk to us there, all the usual crap, you know how it is. You can email totalreboot at betapods.net. Easy. Easy as one, two, carry that two, and we're going to get four. <laughs> uh, what else can we plug? The Patreon, of course. Yes. If you're not a subscriber, we'd love you to subscribe. It's a lot of fun over there. You get extra podcasts from mm-hmm. us. You get access to a secret group, and you get discounts to live shows, of which there will be more coming up. Yes. I just want to also say thank you to all the lovely messages yeah. I got from all the horny babies and jungle babies out there, uh, because I did talk about how I had a very tough time in the last few months on our last podcast that uh, we did have to postpone our live show to a later date. We'll get back to you soon. Maybe by the end of the year, maybe next early next year, we'll have mm. a live show for you. But thank you to all the people that sent me lovely messages. It really uh, has helped me get through a very, very difficult time in my life. Mm. Just all of you listening to this podcast, mm. you are all very beautiful people. And um, we do this for you guys. We do this for us. It's a labor of love making this podcast. And to receive that love back from you guys, it touches Cameron and I immensely. It touches me in a different place than it touches you. Yes. To me, it touches me on the freaking jabrones. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, guys. We love you so much. And just thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this podcast. Also, thank you to all the people who watched Be Your Own Boss on iView mm-hmm. the last week. We've been getting a lot 
of lovely feedback from all of you on Twitter and Instagram. It's been so nice and Facebook as well. Thank you so much. We worked very hard on it, as uh-huh. you know, and that means a lot to us. Yes. Here's my one request. Yeah. It's going to be on TV on December 11 yep. at 9.30. I know you've already seen it, but please turn the television on at that time. You yes. don't have to watch it again if you don't want to. Leave the room, listen to this podcast, yeah. but watch it again as well because it'll be fun. Watch- You'll be watching with more people <laughs> out there in the world. Watch it again if you want to watch it again with some people. I'd love I'd love the numbers to be really good on the broadcast as mm-hmm. well because the more people that watch it online and on broadcast, the more likely it is that we're going to get to make more of them. So that would be really nice of you. Tweet you. at freaking ABC Comedy and say that we want those guys to make more BYOB. Be so, your own boss. If you can please tweet <laughs> Say, hey, jabronis, we need more uh, BYOB. We need more BYOB. We need to find out what is going on in the city of Pearl. Everyone wants to know. People are demanding it. Mm -hmm. Next week, it's Creed 2, bitch. It's Creed Carry the 2. We can't wait. I'm so. (laughs) We're literally. I'm about to put shoes on and walk out the door to go see it. Cannot wait to go see it. Cannot wait. And keep your eyes and your ears peeled for Finding Draco. (laughs)